You fart Fanugan? <laughs> oh, what was that commercial? Wasn't it the um, Orbit Gum <laughs> yeah. with the dirty mouths? Lint yes, liquor. I loved those. <laughs> you lint liquor. <laughs> oh, <okay. clears throat> those were good. Some commercials should just go on. I mean, Flo's been going for what, like fifteen years now, at least. Damn, that's like her. It's been a while. Career. Let me see. Yeah, I mean, she. Yeah, good for her. I mean, wasn't she in good like Mad Men? <laughs> At one point, I feel like she was. I feel like it was like, oh my god, that's Flo. Or maybe it was a movie. Um, I've seen her somewhere. She like popped up as like a bit role, and I was like, ah, oh, that's Flo. It's progressive. Oh, maybe. Oh yeah. Okay, I was close. It started in two thousand eight, so it's been around. Assuming that they have it going next year as well, it'll be fourteen years next January. Dang. Um. Okay, Flo. Oh, she's got her own Wikipedia. That's great. It's kind of bizarre. But I want the IMDb. Teenagers out there that have never known a world without Flo the Progressive Lady. True. Oh my God. Flo's been around the entirety of of Keegan's life. (laughs) That's amazing. Her name is Stephanie Courtney. That's Flo's real name. Two first names. You got to love that. Her name is Flo. She looks. She looks. I don't know if you're familiar with June Diane Raphael, the uh, the actress, Paul Shear's wife, but she looks an awful lot like her. Um, you know what? I believe that you're right because most of the pictures look like they're from the set of Mad Men that's on. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's t- <laughs> too funny. Sorry, I'm trying to see what else. She was in oh, the Ben Stiller classic, The Heartbreak Kid. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> she, was in, she was in Blades of Glory. Like, do you think she gets upset? Apparently. People are like, oh, it's Flo. And she's like, excuse me, I was in Blades of Glory. Excuse me. I have a My name actor. is Stephanie Courtney, first of all. Oh, she's on that show, The Goldbergs, that all of our in-laws love i'm assuming your in-laws also love the goldbergs Never everyone's in-laws i'm assuming ah Goldberg. it's it's that wholesome abc family programming that where me they're out. like i was hoping it, it was like it, a reality show about bill goldberg and his family oh that would have been great yeah like the osbournes <laughs> yes exactly but with the goldbergs <laughs> i do like that no episode. it's kind of like the wonder years but like they never get that serious it's it's you would never leave an episode being like that was terrible you know it's just like it's always it's pretty fine is it so like on the dramedy scale are we like in the uh what are we talking modern family would be at the the comedy side of the dramedy scale and then we've got this is us like full-on on the drama side of the dramedy scale it's more modern family yeah it's um it's got gosh i can't remember his name but um in Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry's manager, I forget his name and, and, and what his name is in real life, but but he's the dad, and uh, nice. yeah, anyway, that was very interesting. She, oh, she's in, she plays various roles in Tom Goes to the Mayor, the TV series on Adult Swim from 2004 to 2006, that was unexpected. Let's see, yep, that's it, oh wow. Her first acting credit, Mr. Show with Bob and David. Wow. 1998. Wow. Yeah. Another star born for Mr. Show. She played woman on Everybody Loves Raymond one episode. She played <laughs> woman. Um, <laughs> shout out Flo, man. I mean, if you can keep that shit, shit going for 13 years and it's still relatively entertaining. Cash in the bank, man. Just keep it rolling. Yeah. That's talent. I'm sure you know. I'm sure the writers have something to do with it as well. But you know, she she did go to Groundlings, so I think she knows a thing or two about comedy. It really helps. Anyways, hola compadres, and welcome to episode sixty-three of Dad's Talking Dads. <laughs> this is a podcast about your favorite baseball team, the San Diego Padres. My name is Johnny, and I'm joined by my fellow compadre Joel. Joel, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, I got to go swimming with the family today at the. Uh... There's like a local racket club, so we, we went swimming at the pool, which was really fun. Um, they like the restrictions are starting to get peeled away. It's kind of a good litmus test for us because like we went up there and they were like, yeah, you can, we can have like eight people in the pool at a time, 
and there's like two hour blocks and now we, we went back today and it's just like oh yeah whatever just hang out there and like there's like a 25 person <laughs> occupancy sign and the mask signs are all still up for like the indoor areas but other than that it's just like yeah we're good they're doing guest passes again and stuff like that so it's nature is healing right and i'm just getting yeah. over a cold we were talking about that pre-show um that's another sign that things are going back to normal people are getting sick with things that aren't COVID again um which is another good segue into how I'm doing and fresh on my uh, my second COVID shot, which I just got today. So uh, we'll see how I feel by the end of the pod if I've grown another head or you know if I start worshiping Bill Gates. So I've taken a couple ibuprofen before the show. I should be good. How about you? I am doing well. I have also noticed that 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 we are finally getting past the pandemic because I went to Napa. And I was getting some some auto parts, and they had N95 masks just like wow. in stock for a normal price, like like not even the 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 KN95s. They were the real N95. So that was cool. I was like, whoa, okay. I, I sent a picture to my wife, and I was like, look at this. We're finally we're <laughs> finally getting past this. Uh, they were yeah. There was like a dollar, maybe like a little over a dollar each for like a pack of twenty. They even had the um like the full like gas masks, the N95 gas mask. Those were in stock. Wow. Um. So I mean, if you really still want to go at it, which I I figure when it's flu season, if I have to go out and about, I'm I'm putting That's on a time. mask yeah. because fuck fuck that noise. <laughs> I don't want to get, get your, sick. Get your toilet paper for the next year. You know. There you go. Oh, good point. Yeah. We did buy a lot of dried goods. A lot of like dried blueberries or I don't know, things like that. I'm um, really hoping panic buying doesn't just become like a trend whenever anything out of the ordinary happens. Just like, bam, toilet paper evaporates off the shelves. Oh, 100%. 100%. It has to now. Uh. <laughs> it's going to be like a thing. So I'm like, how's the toilet paper? There's going to be a toilet paper, a TPO meter. <laughs> Instead of the ER wait time on the billboards on the freeway, it's going to be like how much toilet paper is left <laughs> at Safeway oh, no. or something. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, but uh, but yeah, so today we're actually, uh, I don't know about you, I have not been watching a lot of Padres games lately. Um, I've kind of watched probably an hour of Padres games in the last three weeks or so. I just have not, just haven't been feeling it. Um, so I didn't really have much to talk about. And so I figured today we can play a game. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've checked in with some of the highlights and, uh, you know, I, I go on the subreddit now and then. But, yeah, I haven't watched a lot of live Padres baseball at all. Twitter has been my has been my uh, my way to keep up on the game. Um, and actually, I mean, side side note, I guess this won't be my fatherly advice, but just a separate recommendation. Um, if you're you know, if, if you can't watch the game or whatever, um, follow, turn on notifications for the Padres Twitter account, because I mean, if you didn't already know, they uh, they'll they'll you know tweet out basically the the highlights as soon as they can, or they'll you know just tweet out just fun stuff during the game. So I mean, if you can't watch the game, it's a it's a fun way to still interact and 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 uh, <laughs> and uh, and and kind of keep track of what's going on. Still kind of have an idea of at least some of the some of the goods that was going on. But um, but yeah, so first we are gonna go through our number of the week. And uh, Joel, you've got one this week, so I'm going to try and guess it. Yeah, um, and this one actually has away. two acceptable answers, so twice the uh, the opportunity for you to get this one right. Mm-hmm. The number of the week this week is three. All right. So I'm going to try. I'm trying to think of the double meaning because I think I have one of them. I'm just trying to think of the other. Uh, um. Okay, so my initial thought, just to make it not wait take too long, I think three is because we're in third place. Yes, that is one of the correct answers. Um, the and other. the second one. <laughs> oh, you do one some more time? Go know. for it. Um, let me think here. Number of beers I will have today. Oh, well, that might be a third correct answer. Perfect. That is not what I had in my Now I'm going to have four just to make myself wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other correct answer is the number of games back the Padres are. So third place seems pretty, I don't want to say despondent, but not, not awesome. Not where we expected ourselves to be a third of the way through the season. Another potential answer, we're a third of the way through the season. Well, that doesn't work because that's mm-hmm. one over three, not three over one. Anyway, 
Uh, but <laughs> It's for the denominator. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem quite so bleak when you consider that we are just three games out of first place with still 66% of the season left to be played. Um, we are right on the Dodgers right now, so uh, there's a chance that the Giants can continue to run away with first place in the NL West, and we can... Are there still two wildcard spots in the NL? So I don't think we can necessarily shut the Dodgers out of the wild card by leapfrogging them into second. Um, but we could try. Um, and then just three games out of, of first with, again, those Giants that still seem to be overperforming with 40 wins so far on the year. Um, I mean, they kind of remind me of those 2005-2006 uh, Padres teams of old where, uh, I mean, the offense <laughs> was not terrific, but the, the pitching was really shut down so they could win a lot of one-run games, 1-0, 2-1 type ball games. Um, and then it seems like the offense is just getting hot a little bit as well, and um, that's that's the result we're seeing here. I don't see it being sustainable for them, so a lot to still look forward to. But yeah, three. Third place or three games back is the number of the week. I like it. Yeah, I was... Uh, when I was looking at the standings, because I was, I was trying to think of... Uh, I don't know, I'm just kind of looking around, but it's amazing because if you look at the rest of the NL, we'd be in first or just about, like, I mean, like, maybe I think in the Central, we're like, if our record would be like, I think a half game out of first place, and in the East, we'd be in first by, I want to say, four games or something like that. Um, so it's not as though we're playing poorly. Uh, the, the, the Giants, I think, are absolutely surprising everyone, and the Dodgers are playing roughly, I mean, we're they're they're only I think I want to say a game and a half or uh, a game or so ahead of us. They they've just played less games. We have the same number of wins. They just have three less losses because they've played fewer games. Uh, so yeah, I am not terribly worried about this stretch of baseball. It doesn't sound like I don't think you are either. No. Nope. Um, especially after I mean today, you know, Tatis has that. It, uh, this is uh, Sunday, June thirteenth. We're recording this, so Tatis had a grand slam. Uh, Tommy Pham, I believe so. Yeah, I believe it's his second of the year. Um, Tommy Pham had, uh, walked in a run, or I guess you know he was he was the 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 walk and and the run came in, uh, and also hit a home run. So he's absolutely heated up. Uh, those those X stats we were we were pounding the table about earlier in the season are finally coming to fruition as real stats. So that's nice. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Got, gotta love an RBI walk. That's gotta be just fun to have on your stat line. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that was right before the uh, the Grand Slam as well. Uh, so had it had it not been for the patient eye of Tommy Pacers fam, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't have that Grand Salami. Oh man, but uh, but yeah, so that is uh, that is a good is a good number of the week. Especially because it was guessable, unlike some of mine. <laughs> they're like a little too, you know, they're a little too off the wall. <laughs> too esoteric, yeah. <laughs> you get the ESPN oh stats working in there for your number of the week. <laughs> yes, yeah. The second Tuesday in December, this player is hitting 357. <laughs> Look for him to go off. <laughs> like, okay, sure. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so today we're going to play... Uh, a, a a game. I I, I want to say we played it once before. Uh, it is start bench cut, which is basically baseball's version of fuck Mary kill, uh, where I give you three options, usually three players, and you start one, you bench one, and you cut one. First one is going to be current Padres. I figure we can each go through our own, um, but uh, I decided to go for the cream of the crop here. Uh, so you got to start one, bench one, cut one. Fernando Tatis Jr. Manny Machado and Trent Grisham. And Joel, I'll give you some time to think about that. That is a difficult, difficult choice. Wow. So two of those players are off the field, one forever. Yikes. Um, boy. Well, I'll get the easy part out of the way. Start as Fernando Tatis Jr. There's no doubt about that. And if you don't say Fernando Tatis Jr. there, you're wrong. Um, but boy, Trent Grisham, Manny Machado, Trent Grisham has, he's still young. He's had so much upside. He had such a great year in 2020, obviously abbreviated. Um, but he's continuing to show that he's got it, uh, here in 2021. And we really need that plus outfielder. Um, gosh, this really hurts me to say, I think I might, 
I don't want to do it. I might bench Trent Grisham and cut Manny Machado. Cut Manny Machado? That feels bad to say. No, I don't like this game. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? That's probably Why? the wrong answer. But I think the other way is wrong too, right? Like you, you need all three of those guys on the field. Um, but let's see how that feels. So bench Manny Machado, cut Trent Grisham, right? I, I mean, if I'm stuck in the Sophie's Choice decision where I've got to snuff one of these guys out and let them go to another team. Again, I think the infield is in a better spot without Manny Machado than the outfield would be without Trent Grisham, right? Because if you if you don't have Trent Grisham in the outfield, you've got some permutation of Jerks and Profar, probably Tommy Pham out there, Will Myers. That's that's kind of it, right? Like, Marcano's a utility man, but I think he's an infielder, if I'm not mistaken. Brian O'Grady is on the 40-man. Yeah, so, like, the outfield looks pretty bleak if you don't have Grisham out there. Like, obviously, they can all hold it down. They're not, like, they're... A competent outfield without Trent Grisham, but they're not going to excel the way the rest of this team does. So yeah, I feel like I got to stick to my original answer, coming all the way back around. Uh, start Fernando Tatis Jr. Bench Trent Grisham. Cut Manny Machado. As much as that pains me. You know what's crazy is that I agree. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, because it, it seems insane, but the more I look at it, I'm like Grisham is four years younger. Uh, actually, he is yeah, right, yeah, right about four years younger, maybe a couple months extra in there. But uh, so that is, I mean, twenty four years old this season for the entire season has a November November birthday. Love to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's nothing. It's it, it's not really anything that's a con on Manny's side or negative on Manny's side. It's it's that they're both incredibly good both offensively and defensively but Trent Grisham is four years younger so I mean, for me yeah for me that's the uh, that's the, the the main thing there and so far in 2021 Trent Grisham is the second best hitter on the team if you're judging by OPS plus I'm looking at baseball reference right now it's their version of weighted runs created plus I think on the fan graphs mm-hmm. but I mean Grisham's sitting there with 152 he's only second to of course Fernando Tatis at a 179 OPS plus where 100 is your average ball player, <laughs> the higher the better. And Manny Machado's at 109, so I mean he's he's been yeah not something's not right. That's not the right term here, but he's not been Manny Machado that we you know the Manny Machado we would expect um, for the deal yeah. that we gave him. So I mean more evidence yeah. for for our decision here. The problem though is you said bench though, so Grisham is just sitting on the bench. <laughs> technically, <laughs> I guess technically he doesn't start. Right, we'll just put him in after an inning. So we can satisfy the requirement. There we go. <laughs> We're working around the rules. <laughs> if we have an opener in center field. Yes. Yeah, we you know, we got to keep Trent's legs fresh, right? Give him a little yeah. inning break. Third time around the order, he has trouble with routes. So <laughs> he's like, I'm confused all of a sudden. <laughs> this is weird. Uh, the ball just looks different off the bat in the seventh, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, yeah, I, I I go the same route. It's it's a very difficult decision. Tat, I think Tatis is the easy choice, weirdly, um, because he's just, he's absolutely generational. And then it, it, gets, it gets tough from there. All right. I've got another one I think is... is uh, it's pretty interesting based on some performances this season. This is going to be a start bench cut regarding Padres prospects. The prospects are our top three prospects. Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, and Luis Camposano. Okay. That's mm. another tricky one. I'm going to let you go first on this one because I went first last time. Oh. I need time to collect my thoughts. I'm going to... Um... I'm going to also type these in because I don't know about you, but I sometimes, if I can't read it, I have a hard time thinking about it. There we go. Okay. So, I am, hmm, I am starting C.J. Abrams, and I am sitting Mackenzie Gore, and I am the easy choice, nothing personal cutting Luis Camposano uh, just because I don't really believe in catching prospects and even though both of our starters are I think over 30 uh, good starters in their 30s especially ones like Austin Nola who don't have a lot of time behind the plate uh, tend to be able to last for a while 
so I am I am not as worried about the catcher position, um, you know, and 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 Camposano's performance when he was up wasn't uh, it it was to the point where it was almost worrying. Like it's one thing if you know I feel like Marcano, it's like you hit you hit two oh five. The defense is fine to where we don't even kind of realize that you're there sometimes. I, I would prefer that to, oh my God, our pitchers had such a tough time with you and getting on the same page with you, and maybe that wasn't all your fault, but it was so bad that we ended up starting our backup for three weeks because our starter was hurt and the pitchers almost rioted because you were giving up, you know, you were helping you were helping give up so many runs in a way. Um, so that's my easy one. Um, but yeah, I am starting C.J. Abrams just because the uh, the speed power combo is is pretty killer, and I am officially starting to get a little worried about Mackenzie Gore's mechanics and his ability to repeat that delivery, which was always a question, even since since we drafted him. So, going to Abrams start, bench Gore, and cut Campy. How about you, Joel? Oh boy, um, I want to say the same thing, but to not do that and to keep it from getting too samey, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I, I 100% agree with you that Camposano is the easy low-hanging fruit cut. I mean, now I am on Fangrass, so we're talking about weighted runs created plus, where 100 is an average ball player, and the higher the better. His MLB <laughs> 2021 stats through 38 plate appearances, negative 11 weighted runs created plus. He's been the opposite of a ball player. <laughs> well, the opposite would be negative 100, I suppose. But um, that's if I'm understanding that correctly, that means that's worse than just not playing someone. Is that how that works? What is a negative? Of, <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means. But anyway, uh, an 088 average, 184 on base, 88, <laughs> 088 slugging. Uh, so let's see. That's an OPS of, I believe, under three. So that's that's pretty bad. Like I, I, that's that's hard to overlook. You mentioned Marcano hitting 205. I mean, he's already got kind of a built-in out too, and that he's you know he had never played above A ball before that. Um, so for him to struggle is kind of expected. But yeah, Camposano, like we just had a top three prospect to be hitting that poorly in the bigs is that's I wouldn't say almost worrying. I'd say that's very concerning, very worrying to me. Um, where it gets tougher is C.J. Abrams versus Mackenzie Gore. So again, I think I have to stick to my guns here and say that I think the infield is really set at the moment. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's still a long rest of the season. Um, so, I mean, there it, it could come to the point where we need him in that infield somewhere to fill in for maybe an injured Hasan Kim. Uh, I mean, we, we still got Cronenworth there. But, you know, if, uh, with Tatis at shortstop, he's had injury problems. So, if you get two of those guys hurt at the same time, I could see C.J. Abrams needing to come in and, and fill in. Otherwise, I don't know that he's needed at the moment. Um, so at the age of 20, you know, let him keep developing down in the minors for a little bit. So I'd say maybe bench Abrams and warts and all with his 5.3 ERA and AAA, although AAA is kind of a slugfest, right? Uh, I think we start Mackenzie Gore. It's time. Sink or swim, Mackenzie. Let's go. I've always been a big Mackenzie Gore honk. It's hard not to be, right? He was such an exciting prospect, but there really is no such thing as a pitching prospect, and we are seeing it in real time. I, too, am concerned that we're not hearing any hype at all about Mackenzie Gore this season. They're kind of trying to downplay it. I don't know if they're trying to preserve value, if maybe the untouchable becomes an actual trade piece, but we don't really need big leaguers, so I guess that wouldn't make a ton of sense. But I don't know. It's it's troublesome. It's, it's worrisome. Um, it gives me... I don't want to say it gives me fits, but it, it you know makes me think you know what's what's going on here. And I, I mean, our starting rotation has been, I'd say, good overall. Blake Snell struggled a little bit versus what we'd expected from him, but it is a very very good starting rotation. Um, but I, I don't see why there's no reason he couldn't be better than Chris Paddock by now. Um, he is still young though. We got that's the caveat, right? He's still 22. But anyway, fine. My final call on this: start Mackenzie Gore. Scary as that is, bench C.J. Abrams. Cut Luis Camposano. All right, so the next one I've got here, this might, this I, I'm, I think I'm gonna have to change up one of the names here because it I, it would make it a little bit too easy because one of them is rather talented. Um, so this is called Gritty Padres. Okay, I like this. And uh, yeah, our three Padres are Eric Owens. We've also got the second version of Eric Owens, Chris DeNorfia. <laughs> 
and um, our last gritty Padre, even though he wasn't with us for a long time, I'm going with Everth Cabrera. That's it. He's gritty. I'm just saying. It. Wow. Wow. No, yeah. no Navy love. Oh, you know what? He wasn't. He. he, he I don't know if he was. It, I, I always. I try to forget about X Nady because it was another one of those Padres traded a guy as soon as he got good. Same with Jason Bay. Like we could have had both of them on the same team, and not that they're world beaters, but they were pretty damn good in their in their primes. Um, and we traded Nady. I want to say to the Pirates. And uh, I think we didn't we get Jason Bay in the Xavier Nady trade. Now I got to look at this. Hold on. While you're looking him up, fun Xavier Nady yeah. story. I actually met him. I took uh, my younger son, Luke. I may have talked about this on the pod at one point, but I took uh, my son to the batting cages to try to get some, you know, fading practice down at stadium, the driving range here mm -hmm. in San Diego and, and the batting cages. Uh, and uh, it, this guy was there, and I'm like, I think that might be Xavier Nady. And then he's got his kid who's hitting in the batting cages. He's got Nady on the back of his batting helmet. I'm like, that is, that's Xavier Nady. So I'm saying, oh, that's so cool. Chatting with Xavier Nady, and then the headlines come across all, all of our cell phones, right? Twitter's blowing up, and it was the day that Kobe Bryant died in that helicopter crash. So a very bizarre, oh, surreal man. day for me. Hanging out with Xavier Nady at the batting cages, all talking about how Kobe Bryant had just passed. So that was Shoot. my interesting That's kind wild. of a downer. <laughs> Xavier Nady stuff. No, nah, I did not know that. I told Luke to uh, to aim for the top of the baseball, and then uh, he actually echoed that advice to his son. So uh, look out. I'll oh, be, that's uh, smart. Major League hitting coach before you know it. <laughs> there you go. Padres finally found an answer. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, yeah, so I did find it. It was actually we traded him to the Mets to get Mike Cameron. So that was uh, – I actually feel better about that trade now. That's really weird because if you if, – you hadn't just told me that. I would have thought they were contemporaries and played on the same team. Like they were there. At the I same time. would have as well. Interesting. Huh. Let's see. Wow, that's wild. <laughs> Baseball. Padres tried to sign Cameron as a free agent after the 2003 season, but he accepted a 19.5 million dollar three-year deal from the Mets. You gotta take that. Wow. <laughs> Mike Cameron, like today, I mean, that's what? That's like, um, oh, 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 Lorenzo Kane, but a little younger. Like, I feel like it would have been like four years, 48. <laughs> like, easy. <laughs> Man, that's wild. All right. You know what? Yeah, I don't know. I, I never got the gritty vibe from Xavier Nady. Not that he's, you know, like a soft player. I just didn't get the hard-nosed gritty vibe. That's that's fair. Maybe I just didn't see him the way that you saw him. I think that's fair. Well, I see him in a different light now that I've met the man in person. Yeah. <laughs> he was eating dirt at the batting cages, just full of grit. <laughs> um, so I'm taking a look here. Chomped on it. Okay. So this is a difficult one. So I think my cut off the bat is going to be Eric Owens just because I'm not as familiar with him, um, which doesn't surprise me because it's showing him as 50 currently, which would be... Before my time as a Padres fan, I would have been a, a young Indeed. Diamondbacks honk at the time. Oh yeah, ninety-five through two thousand and three. So I, I was actually in. Oh no, he was he was on the Angels in two thousand three. So yeah, his Padres time was ninety-nine to two thousand. Yeah, I was full on Diamondbacks at that point, so I wouldn't have known him. So I'm gonna go ahead and cut Eric Owens and Chris Norfia and Everett Cabrera. Boy, that is a tough call between who to start and who to bench. So let's go into the numbers. So career <laughs> for Kristen Orfia, and we'll count the times that he wasn't actually a Padre. So he was only a Padre from 2010 to 2013, um, but we'll count his other teams as well. So 272 average, 330 on base, 392 slugging career. I mean, that's it's pretty good. That's what his weighted runs created plus says too. So 103. So <laughs> slightly, slightly above average ball player by the numbers there. Plus, I remember watching some pretty excellent plays on defense from Christian Orfia that made me super happy with him that I can recall. Um, as for Everest Cabrera, I mean, 80-grade name, so that already puts him up there. This <laughs> career slash line, 246, 315, 328 slugging for an 83-rated runs created plus. But his, obviously, uh, his bread and butter was his defense. Um, he also had more years in San Diego, so that, I think, has to factor into the weighting as well. So let me calculate this real quick. Okay, calculated. I'm going to go ahead and start, and this is a narrow decision. I'm going to start Kristen Orfia 
and I'm going to bench Everth Cabrera just because I like hitting. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I want the guy who's the better hitter, and it looks like that was Kristen Orfeo over his lifetime. Yeah, Kristen Orfeo's stats are surprisingly good. Right? <laughs> 330 career on base. That plays. It looks like we got rid of That's him just in time, fine. too, if you look at his, like, the way his yeah. years progressed. Yeah. Well-timed. We got his we got his very best season. All, we got almost his top four best seasons. All the good ones. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And for once, we traded him, and then he was worse after we traded him. Yeah, that, like, never happens to the Padres. So, that, good job, guys. <laughs> credit that's where credit's amazing. due. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's pretty solid. All right, so I am, a, a, for for similar but opposite reason, I am starting Eric Owens because he was uh, a bright light amongst the shitty, shitty, shitty... <laughs> post-1998 Padres teams. Uh, he was just, you know, he was the guy who hustled, on, like like Kristen Norfia, the guy who hustled on the shitty team, and everyone's like, why does this guy care so much? And he's like, I fucking love baseball. <laughs> but also, that's like, that's their ticket to kind of staying on the field, is they're the, you know, they're the spark plug, grit and grind. Right, like, right. you know, I'm running out everything, and it's just making the other team kind of annoyed, and so that that is part of my value. That 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 was Eric Owens. Like they had a, um, they had a. I want to say there was like a, because he always had like dirt and shit on his jersey, and so um, I can't. I'm gonna screw it up. I remember. I just remember there was some kind of giveaway where it was you know it was something similar to that. Like it was like a little jersey, like a jersey, but it had some like a little dirt mark on it. Um, something like that. I'm probably misremembering, but you know whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he he. Uh, I think his numbers weren't even as good as Denorfia. Yeah, Denorfia is um, like the clear best player of this trio, which is surprising to me. I thought they were much closer together. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Um, so for the years, actually for the years I remember, all right, yeah. Not 99 and 2000, I was I was watching a lot of bad baseball. <laughs> and, uh, and those were his two best seasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we both were. If I was a Diamondbacks fan in 99-2000, which I was, we were both watching some very bad baseball teams. Yep. <laughs> in those years. I'm just looking. His best season is a uh, is a 90 OPS plus. <laughs> but, I mean, if you look at it, okay, why is this a 90 OPS plus? I guess it's because there's literally no power and he was caught stealing 30% of the time. Oof. Which is not great. No. You don't love that. But 293 batting, 346 on base, those are nice. Um, but yeah, did kind of got got kind of got caught stealing a lot. But he was a good memory. So, and I will sit Cristinorfia and I'm going to cut Everth Cabrera. Uh, because of that PED suspension. I've never gotten over it. Those were the I numbers he was really producing much, on but... PEDs? Jesus. Everth yeah, he got suspended like 50. Yeah, just, you know, a little Everth. Uh, Come that on, must Everth. have been 2013 because he was hitting 283 that year. Mm. <laughs> and slugging 381. Yeah, I think it was like his last, whatever his last season was with us because I think we cut him after that. Everth, I'm going to look it up. Cabrera, PEDs. Yeah. Let's say it was 2000. I don't even know. Cabrera 14? was suspended oh. the final 50 games of 2013 for his relationship to Biogenesis of America. Wow. Yep. So, yes, his best year pretty clearly was 2013, and it was because he was on the roids. There we go. So, Everth Cabrera. Man, I should rethink my choices here. Maybe I should be benching Eric Owens. Tisk. Tisk. Yikes. Joel supports cheating. I do. Un- <laughs> <laughs> unwittingly, I do. Oh, man. Um, all right. So our next one I've got, and unfortunately, you do have to start one of these. Oh, boy. It's sports commissioners. I'm ready to have some fun with this one. Let's go. We've got the current one, Rob Manfred. Oh, Jesus Christ. We've got Bud Selig, which I type as Bug Selig. Um, let's retype that. And throwing a curveball, Roger Goodell. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> What am you I have to, to start one. <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? I, I was going to go with an old racist baseball commissioner, but I figured Goodell would be easier to talk about. <laughs> I hate all of these. 
Wow. I don't like this. Okay. Um, so I've got, I have cause to cut all three of these, which is part of your <laughs> evil plan, of course. <laughs> well done. Um, tip of the cap. I'm going to say, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to say I will start Bud Selig. Good Lord. Bud Selig, because he did not try to tinker with the rules as much as Rob Manfred, who I will cut. I will cut Rob Manfred because of all of this bullshit that he's doing to the game. I hate it. I hate it all. I will take a thousand all-star game ties before I have to live through another day of this runner on second extra innings bullshit. I hate it so much. Cut Rob Manfred. Cut him, cut him, cut him, cut him. I hate him. Anyway, uh, and then Roger Goodell, uh, he goes on the bench, I guess, because I don't think he could do a worse job than Manfred. Um, he's guaranteed to make Major League Baseball a lot of money. That seems to be what he's the best at for the NFL. Um, so yeah, that's I kind of have like a like a shitty taste in my mouth right now. Um, I kind of want to throw up. But yes, I start Bud Selig. I bench Roger Goodell. I cut Rob Manfred. Get the fuck out of there, Manfred. I need to take a shower. That is that is a good choice. I was initially thinking that, but just so that again that we don't get too samey, <laughs> I will also I'm also going to switch this up because I've got some thoughts Press here. The content. I am going to start Roger Goodell. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And here's why. Roger Goodell is he does one thing quite often, which is randomly dole out justice that doesn't make sense whatsoever. <laughs> you are absolutely right. I didn't think about this. So he <laughs> he's gonna give know, like a lifetime as... ban to Trevor Bauer for using spider tag, yes. <laughs> and then the next guy who does it gets he's suspended for like, three games. Oh my god! The, all of the Dodgers are suspended for the entire season. You have to use your farm system, but no one else gets in trouble. It's like the Astros, there would have been justice. Like there would, <laughs> it wouldn't have made any sense, but there would have been something. <laughs> <laughs> and like assuming that the Padres don't get in trouble you know this is fine true <laughs> this, is, this is totally fine just we'll just watch you know the other the other teams just get you know just I don't know just terrible things happen to them um, so I'm starting Roger Goodell in hopes that he screws over the Dodge that is the facet of his commissionerhood that I had not considered at all and I'm really glad that you brought that up because it sounds hilarious to me the more I think about it. <laughs> Managers getting ejected oh from the gosh. game. Banned for life. <sighs> we will have no more arguments oh, with man. the umpires. Yeah. <laughs> right. He'd be like, "Oh my God, you guys don't have you guys don't have instant replay for everything. We're putting we're putting this all over." And oh my like, gosh, foul like, pole Finally, can. we're in the twenty first century. <laughs> He's like electronic strike zone for sure. We're putting this in next. The season. foul line will be completely made of cameras, so we will see when the baseball yeah. is fair or foul. Yes, <laughs> there's not even umpires on the field anymore. We just have we have the fucking Hawkeye cameras. What do we need umpires for? <laughs> This is true. This we is don't true. need umpires. Um, I am benching Bud Selig because he at least loves baseball, uh, even if sometimes his actions don't seem that way. And uh, I'm I am uh, cutting Rob Manfred as well because fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at a picture, but also of yeah, I mean he just right he get rid of him, huh? This guy doesn't like baseball. Like, how can you be the yeah, exactly. it's, for it's, baseball when you don't like baseball? Why? Why are it, you here? It's, yeah. It's like when those hedge fund managers take over, like, uh, they get put in, you know, they're, or, you know, whatever people, they're like some kind of capitalist goon, and they get put in charge of, you know, Mervyn's or JCPenney or whatever. Like, seriously, go, go, you know, folks, check out the what's recently been happening to JCPenney in the last, like, 10 years. Um they'll basically just you know take a company over and they're like all right we're gonna liquidate everything and uh you know sell off everything and i'm gonna make a lot of money and then you're out of business good luck <laughs> like i don't I'm really give a shit about this job. i just wanted to be in charge <laughs> to make money uh that is rob manfred uh baseball's already making money they don't need him to make money he just wanted to be in charge because he likes that he doesn't care about baseball he just likes being in charge so yeah Goodbye, Rob Manfred. Uh, <laughs> next only. up, 
wives. Okay. <laughs> I was just joking. <laughs> like our wives. I was like, oh, you know, we're going to start bench cut. <laughs> we got to shoot her. <laughs> I should have been more specific. I should have said our wives. <laughs> All right. The real one, though, this is pretty serious. Uniforms. Padres historical uniforms. Okay. <clears throat> I feel like I'm having an easy time with this one. Yeah. We've got the current road alts, which I would say are the, the favored jersey currently. Uh, we've got, in a similar vein, the 90s uh, pinstripes jerseys, the white pinstripe jerseys. So when you, sorry, go, circling and, back, when you say the road alts for today, that's the, the sand colored with the pinstripes, right? Yes, yeah, sand okay. color with pinstripes. Got it. And um, let's see, I'm trying to get pictures for you here. Uh, and then, the, yeah, the last one is the 1978 uh, going with the home jersey. Ooh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, yeah, because I think that's the one you've got, right? That is the one I have, yes, my, my Raleigh Fingers jersey. That I got signed by the man himself. It was only $80 for the signature. But he, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was pitching like t- 10 years before I was born, so I had nothing to say to him when he signed my jersey, so it was a pretty awkward experience. It's like, you're all I fingers. Can you, you, sign? <laughs> you were a pitcher. <laughs> you throw the baseball, I throw the baseball. Oh, these pictures are massive, but I added them in there. I'm sorry, what was there option two one more time? Oh, you typed it in the notes. No, yep. Uh, oh, it's on a whole different page. That's annoying. But ah, okay. There we go. There's the picture. Uh, yeah. Got so it. Okay. The... Okay. Yeah. That that's tougher than I thought. And then it would the road road alts. I figure you can mentally picture. Yes, I can. You know. Yes, I can. <laughs> okay. Oof. Difficult, difficult choice. I need, yes. I need a moment here. <laughs> So the 98 jersey obviously is going to hold a special place in your heart. So I'm just going to cut that one right off the bat. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I've never been as big of a fan of the, the blue and orange. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. The color scheme. I, and I love Tony Gwynn. And that was his main uniform, right? was those, uh, those blue and, and, and orange with the pinstripes on them. But yeah, I think I gotta cut them. Like at the the '78 jerseys are just clean, classic '78 brown and yellow. It's just a good look. Like that's why we wanted to bring back the brown because it works. It separates us from the you know the the endless sea of blue teams in baseball right now. Um, so yes, I like the '78 jerseys. Um, I think I will bench them though in favor of starting the current road alternates because I like that head to toe sand with the pinstripes. That's such a clean look. I love it so much. Plus, it's it's our boy Fernando Tatis Jr.'s main uniform, um, and hopefully will be for what fourteen years, right? So, yes, I will start the current road alternates. I will bench the nineteen seventy eight home jerseys, and I will cut the ninety eight home jerseys. I uh, I respect your choices, and I will. Uh, I'm pretty similar, but I'm gonna actually start the seventy eight home jerseys. I like them better than the current road alts. Um, and, and for those who, you know, haven't had the chance to Google the 1978 home jerseys in the last two minutes, uh, they are, they have brown sleeves, dark brown sleeves, um, with, uh, a, uh, mustard, I would say, or maybe a golden colored, um, ring around the edges of the sleeves and the collar and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 uh, it's pretty cool looking. I am going to bench the current road alts because they are very nice looking, um, and I am actually also going to cut the '96 pinstripes, mostly because we've already got pinstripes with the road alts, and uh, I too, you know, and just let's just keep it brown and uh, brown and yellow and white, and uh, or you know, I'm fine with that sand look as well on the road alts. I was uh, I, I like the sand. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like having other teams' colors, and the Mets are who I think of when I think of blue, That's orange, true. and white. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it's not so, a bad look. It's not a bad-looking jersey, but yeah, you're right. It's not It's not ours. No, it's quite nice. I also don't really love the font. The font is fine, but it's just, eh. You true. know, it's yeah. generic. Um, there. 
No swinging fryer either. Yeah. The other two both have swinging fryers on them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's no. It's not really on there. That would that would be cool to just have a um, have them with you know hats with a swinging fryer, even like a jersey. I don't think is there. There's not really any logo jerseys, huh? That's not like a thing. I don't think so. No. Mm, I thought they, they had one on the uh, on the sleeve. I thought the the current ones have the swinging fryer on the sleeve. Maybe the, I, was I believe the current ones do. Oh yeah, I was like I was like I was looking at the ninety oh, at yeah, the yeah, ninety yeah. ones the. Although, if there was an era to have logo jerseys, it would be the 90s. That's, and they may have done yeah. that on like the turn back the clock. <laughs> you remember those? I don't remember. I don't remember theirs. I'll have to look. They were bad. Yeah, like I, I don't. Up. I don't remember the Padres turn back the clock jerseys in particular, but the ones I've seen were, they were rough. Oh yeah, I remember the Mariners, and I think the White Sox ones are both especially just like ridiculous. Oh, the Padres was. Is that it? Really? That's boring as shit. Okay, now I gotta see it. Turn back. You got me curious. I don't even see one actually. Oh, I got one. I think. Um, I, yeah. Okay. It, it's like two. It's like two little spotlights going yeah, up. Yeah. Like I think that's kind of the, the image. The, yeah. That is very boring. It is pretty boring. You could tell with the same font as the <laughs> current right. jersey same at the size time. And everything. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> the designer really put in a lot of effort on that one. <laughs> What if we have the, the same jersey with the same font in the exact same way that it is, but I change one or two things? They were like, great. Let's go with Raiders colors also, San Diego. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why? So dumb. Maybe it was yeah, in protest. I'm looking through this. The Rockies had a cool one. They had a logo basically. It was like their it was their little mountain hat mountain logo that's on their hats, but on the jersey. <clears throat> I can get down with that. There were some really awful numbering digit like fonts on some of them because they were like <laughs> they were trying to do it. Uh, it was, I guess, paradoxically, they were supposed to be futuristic jerseys. Uh, yeah. And they yeah they're pretty weird. <laughs> they, yeah, it was. It, oh, yeah, turn ahead the clock. That's why very, I'm saying turn back the clock, and I'm I'm saying it wrong. No wonder. Turn ahead the clock jerseys. There will be pictures in the Wikipedia page. <laughs> nope, there aren't. Well, anyway, Love Wikipedia. <laughs> that was a fun aside. Truly the greatest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, this next one is another you have to start one of them. <laughs> oh, boy. This is called... This is the most... Maybe the most Padres topic. Uh, this is called Veteran Presence. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, you, you you might know where this is going. Oh, God. I feel like down. I know one of these is going to be. Discussion topic two. Oh, yeah. Much. We've got, for veteran presence, Mr. Jason Bartlett. <laughs> Mr. Jim Edmonds. Oh, dude. And. You know I talked about him a lot on the show. Mr. Jared Weaver. Oh. <laughs> gotta start one <laughs> i'm surprised i thought for sure this is one of genuinely the hardest one i think i thought for sure one was going to be ian kinsler oh shucks yeah you know what if uh i think i would have last minute changed it because actually i initially had Vinny castilla because he was also here for like the inaugural petco season but it was far back enough that i was like i don't even remember how jimmy Cast how, how Vinny castilla did um I was looking at Jim Edmonds' name, but yeah, I remember Bartlett, I remember Edmonds, and I remember Weaver, so I was like, these are all current, but Kinsler, damn, that would have been good, too. Kinsler, uh... Too easy Piazza. for Tony. <laughs> I think Piazza, though, Petco's inaugural season, he was okay. Hold on, I gotta look him up here. I remember, um... Him and Carlos Hernandez had a, uh... Each had an okay. Yeah, alright, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Uh... 2006, I believe that was the inaugural. Or no, it was 04, 04 the inaugural yeah. season. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so three seasons in, um, 126 games for Mike Piazza. His second to last season. This is pretty solid. Uh, 283 batting average, 342 on base, 501 slugging, OPS plus of 122, 19 home runs. Wow, Ooh, it's actually not bad. Not bad at all. I'll take it yeah. back, Mike Piazza. Thank you for your and time. That's why he is a, yeah, solid, solid work. Can't manage a soccer club, but. <laughs> hmm? It's a Padres legend, Mike Piazza. Yeah. 
Sadly, probably one of our top 10 catchers just because of that one season. Jesus Christ. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, Jared Weaver. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. I was looking at the wrong call, oh, and yeah. I thought that was a bad number for his ERA, which turned out to be his strikeouts per nine of 4.89. And then I got to his actual ERA for 2017, which was 7.44. Oof. I mean, he got unlucky. His expected ERA was 4.93, so... <laughs> but yikes. Okay, so that's oh, man. pretty bad. Let me take a quick look, peek over Jim Edmonds here. Uh, Jim Edmonds... I could have also included... What? Oh, man. I was going to say, I could have also included Brian Mitchell. He was technically a veteran when he was on the team. You could have included... but This is just too long of a list of shitty veteran players we've had. True, true. This is. I'm going to do a separate one next episode just for Tony to answer. So we've got Ian Kinsler. <laughs> Brian Mitchell. You're going to kill the man. Brian Mitchell. Oh and God. Jose Perella. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's oh going to explode. Goodness. His head's going to explode. <laughs> like, one of those has to start. Wow. <laughs> Oh boy, Jason Jason Bartlett was really really bad too. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what to do. So, gosh, was it 08 that we had Jim Edmonds? Is it showing two teams on Fangraphs? That sounds about right. And then 2010, he also played for two teams. I, I'm a th- yeah. I think it was 08 probably. Oh wait, you know what? It might be whatever his last season is because I don't think he played. Oh, maybe it was 2010. Though. Um, yeah, I think it was 2010 actually. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It wasn't. He was. No, I am wrong. I am wrong. Actually, Baseball Reference is telling me that it was 2008. A whopping 26 games, 103 plate appearances, a 178 batting average, a 265 on base, a 498 OPS, and a 41 OPS plus. He was less than half as good as a what baseline or replacement level player. Wow, this is mm. a really tough choice. It's ugly. All right, so Bartlett managed to be here for two seasons. Two two full seasons? No, not two full seasons. God knows how. But he got 618 plate appearances in 2011 and actually was not awful. He was not good, but he was not awful. 245 average, 308 on base, 307 slugging. Heard an 80 weighted runs created plus. So I feel <laughs> like that's going to be my start. Jason Bartlett. Um, oof. Wow. Okay, that was a bad... Bad team there, 2011. That was our, our shortstop. <laughs> uh, Jim Edmonds and Jared Weaver, all that's left in this super fun choice. Okay, uh, so we had Jared Weaver in 2017. Looks like he played he played nine games, started nine games. <laughs> 42 innings pitched. So what is that? That's less than five innings per game. Yep. With a, the aforementioned sub-five strikeouts per nine. He had... Two and a half walks per nine. 3.4 home runs per nine innings. These guys are really neck and neck here. <laughs> I, I think I narrowly have to bench Jared Weaver over Jim Evans because Jared Weaver was a an angel, and I think the angels are pretty cool, and Jim Evans was a cardinal, and I fucking hate the cardinals. So I'm going to say uh, but start Jason Bartlett. He was also an angel, though. Crap, he started yep, an angel. yep. Well, he went exactly. to the, he went to the Cardinals. That's the X factor for me. He's played there Fair. for what eight years. He was more Cardinal than an Angel. So yes, I will start Jason Bartlett. I will begrudgingly bench Jared Weaver. So I guess his seven point four four ERA can't do us any damage there. And I will cut Jim Edmonds. See you never, nerd. That's my my final choice. <laughs> I thought that I was going to go the exact same way. What are you going to do to me, But somehow, I don't know why. It's probably the wrong decision. I am starting Jim Edmonds. Oh, my God. I don't know. That is the wrong decision. Those numbers look look terrible, but then I look at after, like, later on that season, he signed with Chicago because we just released him. He signed with Chicago, 256 batting, 369 on base, 937 OPS, a 135 OPS plus for like half a season, which doesn't make any sense. And then he didn't play in 2009. (laughs) And then in 2010, he hit 276, 342 on base, 125 OPS plus. So even though he was basically the level that I would be if I played, except a little, like the tiniest bit better, um, (laughs) 
he was really good after that. So I'm just going to accept that maybe those were like the worst 26 games of his career. And after that, it would have been fine. That's that, that's just the story that I'm telling myself okay. so I can start him. He, he had a Tommy Pham first 26 games to the season. <laughs> I bet if there were X stats, they would have been off the board. Yeah, I mean, that's almost worse to me, right? So Bartlett actually gave us halfway decent production when he was here in 2011 and then fell off a cliff, right? And then his career was over, basically. Like, he was here in 2012. He tried to come back in 2014 for, what, three games, and that was it for the Twins. Edmonds, well, let's see, Weaver. Weaver, that ended his career. 2017 was it. He was done. And then Edmonds, he decided he was going to come over to San Diego for a little break. Uh, maybe had too many uh, margaritas and fish tacos while he was here. Just kind of took it easy. Fucked off for 24 games. And then we released him because we were like, you're not, your heart's not in this shit. Get out of here. And so then he immediately goes back to being pretty good for 2010. Right? So he, took, he took the rest of his vacation for 2009 and then came back in 2010 and did the 276, 342, 504 slash line. So that, that to me is even more of an insult. So I, I'm respecting your decision here, but it's reinforcing my my decision to cut him. No, that's fair. I feel like that was that was like prime veteran starting here, not giving a shit, and then going elsewhere and being like, "I'll try now." Yeah, I'm not here to play I baseball. Now. I'm here to party in San Diego. That was that was what it was for us in those yep. years when we were so like, "I'm just here to be on the beach and get a paycheck." Oh my god. So, so it still infuriates yeah. me to this day, and we're obviously a much better team now, and veterans want to play here, <laughs> and it still just makes me see red because it, it was not the first oh, one yeah. to do that. Jim Edmonds was not the first player to to decide he was just oh, no, for vacation. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, I am gonna bench Jared Weaver because he's a pitcher and he doesn't play as often. That's Safe. just my rationale because Safe. then I don't have to have Jason Bartlett, who. <laughs> I mean, maybe he did just fall off a cliff, but I think he was another one of those. I stopped trying once I came to San Diego, people. Because um, I mean, we signed him games. and Orlando Hudson. Huh? Played 139 games in 2011. Yeah, it was. I think it was, he got beaten down they by were okay. being on the 2011 San Diego Padres. I think by the end of that Fair. season, 2012 came along and he's like, I have to do this again. And then just like he, <laughs> his soul was crushed. <laughs> he he's like, every day is agony. Again. Yeah. I, I applaud Jason Every Bartlett for his worst day heroic effort life. to play on just a dog shit team. Yeah, fair. Actually, yeah, Orlando Hudson fell off a cliff that next season, too. I could have even included him. Those were dark But he times. was actually okay that first season. I kind of like that narrative but, that the 2011 Padres just, like, sucked the soul out of these ballplayers and dude, destroyed them. Oof. I mean, yeah, same thing. He was 94 OPS plus in 2011. 62 in 2012 for us at least (laughs) but then it was even worse when he went to chicago so he like i'm like that's not our that was not our fault (laughs) he was just done at that point was that still so that wasn't still bochi that was the early years of bud black wasn't it um i believe so i'm gonna find out stats oh no i don't want your player stats yeah bud black no I don't know what year of his thanks. tenure that was, but it was Bud Black in 2011. Yep. Yeah, that was his fifth year. <laughs> oh, wow, man. they weren't terrible. They went 71 and 91. I mean, that's that could be much worse. <sighs> this Rockies team looks much worse. <laughs> True. Man. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. You know what? Is that right? Yeah, okay, that is right. Oh, I was looking at his age and thinking that was games played. Because I saw 60, and I'm like, oh, okay, that was last season. No, that's his age. Okay. Anyway, the next one. This one's just for you, Joel. This is Bands. Okay. We've got Megadeth. Solid. We've got Metallica. Okay. And we've got Dream Theater. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Dang. You're, you're sadistic. Okay. Um, <laughs> so here's the problem. Metallica was fantastic for like eight years and then just put out absolute garbage. And I, I, I mean, I have to applaud the, the effort that they put through. I think they were trying to like branch out and do different stuff and experiment, but it just it was not good. Like 
uh, fuel and refuel were just garbage, like flat garbage. I refuse to listen to those. I think I listened to them once. I did an experiment where I was like, I'm going to listen to Metallica's entire discography in history, like chronological order. And I got to fuel and I was like, what happened? What happened to this band? It's, it's really sad. Like I'm thinking of load and reload. Sorry. I'm getting the, the album titles wrong. Load and reload. Um, but yeah, it's, it's rough and it's actually, it's an illuminating, uh, experiment. If you're listening at home and you want to try that, listen to Metallica. It's a good way to get through a work day, right? Start from the beginning, start on kill them all and just listen through. And it's great. It's fantastic. And then like the black album hits and the black album's still really good. It's not like vintage Metallica, but it's still a good album. And then there's just such a sharp drop off from there. And they just don't recover for a very long time. Like Death Magnetic's a pretty good album, I think. But there's still like, there's something missing. I say all this because I might have to decide to cut Metallica, which would kill me, right? Because that means there's no more Master of Puppets. There's no more Ride the Lightning. There's no more Kill em All, which are just fantastic. Obviously, hyper influential metal albums are part of the big four. Oh, man. So there's Megadeth. And they've got a sort of similar story, right? So Dave Mustaine kind of went pop a little bit uh, with Countdown to Extinction. Um, which again, still a good album, but it's not vintage thrash Megadeth. Um, he stayed a little truer to the thrash metal roots, but again, there is a bit of a decline in, in the quality of Megadeth albums. Um, and then Dream Theater is like one of my favorite bands ever. Um, but they have like one hit. They have Images and Words. That album was fantastic uh, with Pull Me Under, their only charted hit ever. So for me, I feel like Megadeth is a clear start. Metallica and Dream Theater is where I, where I run into problems. And I think I may have to, now that I've talked about this, I've kind of talked in circles, I think I'm actually going to bench Metallica and dagger to the heart. I'm going to have to cut Dream Theater just because they're a little too out there for most. They've only had the one hit. I don't know if I can live without listening to Ride the Lightning ever again or Master of Puppets ever again. Man, that just makes me sad to say. But yes, I will, <laughs> I will start Megadeth, I will bench Metallica, and I will cut Dream Theater. Final answer. Man, that's, yeah. I, I, I hoped that was that was tough, and uh, I, I appreciate you, you walking us through that because all valid points. I, too, have done the, uh, the, disc, the discography of Metallica at work, and I also, I second that it's uh, shocking. recommendation. It's shocking when you get to load. It's like, what happened? I can't imagine yeah. that because like I was a kid when that album came out so I had no idea what was going on but like to be a Metallica fan when that came out like the betrayal you some people must have felt when that that huge shift in tone and I mean for just in a vacuum like it's kind of cool to be able to try to experiment like that like I don't blame them for trying but wow what a difference it's okay yeah I know that uh it's yeah it's it's totally different and I was even surprised at the difference in the early albums and the sound from like even from Kill 'Em All and like everything else, but even from Ride the Lightning to Master of Puppets is different, and from that to, to And Justice for All, like I, I, I kind of forgot that uh, that um, you know even even those ones there was there was kind of differences between you know the tone and and how James sings because he can't really scream the way that he does on Kill 'Em All after that. <laughs> like True. it's just that. You can't sustain that for many albums. <laughs> that was the other thing that made it weird too, right? Because Jim, I think uh, Hetfield took vocal lessons or something, got vocal coaching, and like that growl is just gone now. And I don't know, maybe he had to retire it anyway because he might not have been doing it with the proper technique. So it might have like ruined his voice if he would have kept doing vocals that way. But like it was so good when he could do it. Like I, I miss that that Hetfield growl that he used to be able to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Awesome. Well, though that was our uh, that was our start bench cut for this episode. We'll probably pull this out again. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, sometime during the dog days. Yeah, yeah. I just figured, you know, let's talk about fun stuff. Um, so uh, we'll we'll uh, transition now into the next part of the show, uh, which is our fatherly advice, where we'll provide you uh, with uh, just some tips uh, for you. Yeah. Yeah, and, I'll go ahead uh, and go. I'm going to use that that inspiration sure. I just had from that last uh, start bench cut, right? Listen to a band's discography in order on Spotify. You know, if you've got something you need to crank out at work, or even if you're just, you know, you want to listen to some music. Um, but th this is when I usually do it, is when I've got something I want to focus on for a long time at work, is I'll throw on. I've done it with Metallica. I've recently done it with the Beatles. I tried doing it with the Rolling Stones, but uh, I haven't gotten as far. Uh, 
Who else did I do? There's other bands I've done it with, but it really is fun to just start in order of when their albums were released and just work your way through and see how the band evolves and how their tone changes or how their uh, their songwriting might have changed as they work through the years. Um, really super interesting stuff. Um, the Beatles is a really interesting one too because it's such a short time period from when they were just kind of a boy band that were playing covers of like doo-wop type songs and, and you know skiffle type stuff to when they were doing Let It Be, playing the concert on the rooftop. Um, it was like eight years or something like that. And they were all like 26, 27, and they were just done. Um, and they broke up after that. So can, there's some fascinating stuff if you, if you listen from start to finish at Band's entire discography. So that's going to be my father laid advice for this week. Solid. I like it. Yeah, that, that, um, that, is, uh, that is a fun, fun way to learn and discover a band. I do appreciate that about Spotify. Even though they don't pay their artists enough, I do they appreciate absolutely do not. Their, uh, their, their ability to allow me to learn about a band in that way. Um, my uh, fatherly advice is uh, purchase a, one of those like floppy sun hats, you know, um, just because, you know, it's getting hotter. I don't know about you, but I don't I, I don't moisturize very well, or like I, I forget to after my shower, like you know, like people put on lotion or whatever. I always forget to. Um, so you know, wear like protective clothing because it's good. Treat your skin better. Us men, I feel like in general, we kind of forget about that. I know you've been golfing a hmm? lot. Do you do you rock the floppy hat on the golf course? Yeah. So I recently yes. actually picked one up a few weeks ago at Ross. Um, and I was wearing it because we were out last weekend and it got up to by the time we finished which we played 18 because my friend was like let's go you know play a full 18 which in theory was fun but when I was on the 15th hole at like four o'clock and it was 108 it was not fun <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I brought like SPF 45. That was not enough. I still got like a little, it tanned out, but I had a burn for a while. But yeah, no, I had, I had the hat and I brought a bunch of water and basically I would hit my shot and then go sit in the golf cart because I was like, I'm not, I'm not staying out in this sun. There's no reason like I don't want to get burnt any more than I already am. So I guess my other fatherly advice is um, don't do 18 in the summer in Phoenix. That's not a good idea. Unless you're, don't do it. Unless you're starting Nine at like only. 6 a.m. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was it was intense. So, um, but I am I have been having fun playing golf. So anyway, uh, yeah, probably advice for this week: learn about a band, or I guess uh, listen to a band's discography in chronological order, and buy a buy a floppy hat, just like AJ Preller. <laughs> support our support our GM. <laughs> uh, if, uh, if you want to get a hold of us uh, or uh, reach out to us, you can do so via Twitter uh, at Dads Talking Dads or via email, dadstalkingdads at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Uh, tell your friends, rate and review the show. Uh, but that is it for this week of Dads Talking Dads. My name's Johnny. I'm Joel. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back soon with more Padres Talk. And as always... Go Padres.